This is News Talk 980 CKNW. 6.45 on a Sunday morning. That means it's time to check in with Rick Forchuk. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. I saw a small clip from the movie American Made and wasn't sure about it. But what did you think? Well, I wasn't sure about it either, but I really liked this movie. It's a different kind of film for Tom Cruise, and I mean that in a very good way. He's just excellent here as the real-life Barry Seal, a TWA airline pilot in the 1970s, and Jill, in fact, the youngest pilot in the fleet, and he found his way into the drug smuggling trade via the back door. Barry Seal, a lifelong Baton Rouge, Louisiana resident, had what appeared to be the perfect life. A fine career path at TWA, his pretty wife Lucy, two young kids with one on the way, but something was missing. Seal was addicted to excitement, and when Schaefer, a Dom Hall Gleason's character, pays him a visit, suggesting that he could use he could really help his country by spying on bad people in Central America using a high tech airplane equipped with state of the art cameras, it was too good for Seal to pass up. He neglected to mention to his wife Lucy that he was no longer with TWA, slipping back into his uniform after every surveillance run over the jungles of Nicaragua and El Salvador and heading home. One thing led to another, and soon Seal was flying hundreds of kilos of cocaine from Colombia, courtesy of Pablo Escobar and the Medellin cartel, a job that morphed into weapons transport for the Contras, who were fighting the Soviet-backed forces threatening to overrun Central America. American politics is the driving force here, and there's plenty of footage of President Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan, and we see Oliver North portrayed in the film, and we watch as the combined forces of the CIA, the FBI, the ATF, and various state and local agencies bump into one another, fumbling the ball each time they touch it. Barry Seal is the guy who always delivers. Escobar sees him as a valuable ally. He does pick-up and delivery for Manuel Noriega, and he runs guns in one direction, cocaine in another, and Contra soldiers in a third. Cruz is perfect here with his scallywag Louisiana accent and his good old boy attitudes, but below the surface of the story is a very serious set of issues that could be fatal for many involved. It goes from light-hearted banter to life-threatening situations and back again. A very good film, Jill, well worth the trip to the theater. Rated 14A here, rated R in the States. All right. Sounds like an interesting one. Yeah, I really liked it. Good times. I told, I said we are going, you can tell us, was this a remake or a sequel? Yeah, and that's the question. There was some question as to whether Flatliners was a remake or a sequel to the original from 1990. That one starred Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Bacon, Julia Roberts, and Oliver Platt as med students flirting with death. Most chose to call it a sequel because Kiefer Sutherland is back, now playing a full-fledged older doctor. But his name in the new one is Dr. Barry Wolfson. In the original, his name was Nelson, so not the same guy, which makes this a remake and not a sequel. Uh, same story as before with a group of med students played by Ellen Page, Nina Dobrev, Diego Luna, Kiersey Clemens, and James Norton flirting with death. It is Page's character, Courtney, who starts things off convincing her peers that having her heart stopped for a minute and then being revived while monitoring brain activity would offer some insight into the secrets of both life and death. Well, the deed is done in a sub-basement of the hospital where unused equipment seems to beckon them to help themselves. There are some anxious moments in reviving Courtney, but success finally occurs, and she's elated. As the days progress, it seems that her abilities as a doctor, as well as a pianist, are enhanced well beyond what they were pre-death. And now everybody wants in on the act. Two minutes, three minutes, 
four minutes, all return to the land of the living. But what Courtney hasn't told them is that something has changed. Something seems to have followed her out of the land of the dead and now haunts her waking moments. Soon it becomes clear that she's not alone, that something is after each of the students, and apparitions and hauntings make them more and more certain that something much worse than death is imminent. It is a serviceable horror movie, well-paced, well-acted, with some good make-you-jump moments. Its budget is large enough to offer a rich, polished look, and the outcome? Not entirely predictable. Rating is 14A, Jill. That is Flatliners. All right. And uh, one more film to take a look at, Battle of the Sexes. Yes, September 1973, Bobby Riggs, a former men's tennis champion and avowed male chauvinist, he's the guy who said he put the show in chauvinist, uh, took on women's tennis champion Billie Jean King in a match at the Superdome that to this day remains the most watched tennis match in history. It was all about publicity, a major stunt with the 55-year-old Riggs losing to the 29-year-old King, played here respectively by Steve Carell and Emma Stone. The filmmaking is smart. There's actually very little tennis to be had here, with most of the attention on the backstories of both Riggs and King. It's an exceptional snapshot of the times, whether you lived through them or whether you did not, and it offers excellent insight into what tennis was all about as both a sport and as a business back in the 70s. And just so you know, Riggs and King went on to become the very best of friends after all was said and done. Ratings 14A, that's Battle of the Sexes, Jill. All right. Do you think maybe there was such a small amount of tennis because getting Steve Corral and Emma Stone to play tennis and make it look like as good as the originals would have been very difficult? Uh, Bingo, you hit that right (laughs) on the head because both of them said, we don't play tennis very well, and they really didn't. Uh, So, yep, there are some practice shots, a couple of faraway shots that might have been the real people, uh, but for the most part, you're quite right, they did not play tennis well enough to to be part of that in the film. Probably all right. Sounds like it worked out uh, anyway. Yeah, it did. All right, what's happening over on Netflix? A couple of things on Netflix. The other guys from 2010, this is Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg, uh, best known as a duo for their pair of Daddy's Home movies from 2015 and from this year, but they started working together in this cop film about a couple of lackluster NYPD cops, one of whom, Pharrell, is just a bean counter, and the other of whom, Wahlberg, is best known for having accidentally shot Derek Jeter of the New York Yankees during Game 7 of the World Series. Well, they wind up back on the streets. Uh, This is either a drama with comedic overtones or a comedy with dramatic overtones. I'm not sure. In any case, they get away with it just barely. And what is not a bad comedy at all, the rating is 14A. That's The Other Guys, Jill, on Netflix. All right. And we have uh, a wait. We go back to 1961 as well. Yeah, just out on Netflix. This is a terrific film. It uh, really holds up well. It's Breakfast at Tiffany's, and you're right. It's 1961. It is a very different New York City that you see in the street scenes and inside such buildings as the jewelry store of the title. Audrey Hepburn was at her very best. George Papard was the perfect leading man. And the novel by Truman Capote is the superb vehicle of the story of Holly Golightly, played by Hepburn, a young socialite who's taken with a handsome young man in her apartment building, a double Oscar winner for Henry Mancini's Moon River. It's safe to say that they don't make them like this anymore. Buddy Ebsen and Patricia Neal also star. It's rated PG, and I quite like it when Netflix Netflix, uh, pulls up an older movie like this just to offer it for those who have never been there and for those who haven't like to revisit Jill. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a good way to, to take a look back. Uh, but we have a bit of a look forward on Crave TV. Yeah, Crave TV has now got Star Trek Discovery. This is the new Star Trek series. It begins this week on Crave TV. In the States, it's available only on CBS's streaming service. So for Trekkers, Crave is currently the only game in town other than Space, which is also carrying it, and that's tonight. It's set a decade before the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Much of the action here revolves around the war with the Klingons. And based on the two-part back-to-back episodes last Sunday night, the regular installments offer a lot of promise. I really liked what I saw last week. I'm looking very much forward to seeing tonight's episode. Uh, Jason Isaacs and Michelle Yeoh star. Well, that's how it's billed. Uh, But uh, if you haven't seen the pilot, I won't tell you what happens to one or the other. But uh, Star Trek Discovery really fine series for Trek fans. All right. Uh, It does seem like we went from uh, zero to 60. There are so many shows now. It's true. It's true, and uh, television tonight, a total of 10 new shows, either returning or debuting. Uh, best bets to look uh, seem to be Wisdom of the Crowd. That's a new take on solving murders. That's on Global. Uh, Ten Days in the Valley with Kyra Sedgwick on NBC about the disappearance of a child. And Ghosted, a paranormal hunter series. Uh, what I like so far includes the new Star Trek Discovery, which was exceptional. Me, Myself, and I, which I thought was very well done. That's a Monday night show. And The Good Doctor about an autistic surgeon in a big city hospital. Also excellent based on the initial episodes last week, Jill. I'm going to come back around and see each of those a second time. All right. Wisdom of the Crowd. Is that Jeremy Piven? Yes, it is. All right. I'm used to seeing him as a funny guy, like Ari, what's his name, in Entourage. Yes, exactly right. Ari Gold. Yeah, Ari Gold. But he's more serious in this one. Uh, Much more serious. It's uh, Well, if you put two things together... Uh, solving a murder and crowdsourcing, you get the nub of this one. And that's a very interesting take on solving murders, for sure. All right. I'll have to check that out. Rick, thank you so much. We will be back with you next weekend. Thanks, Joe. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.